Hey, if you are a fan of the Belonging Factor podcast, you are going to love the Belonging Factor book. My new book, Belonging Factor, How Great Brands and Great Leaders Inspire Loyalty, Build Community, and Grow Profits is now available. So get on Amazon, order your copy today, ebook, audiobook, paperback, hardcover. We've got you covered no matter what your preference. Hey, and all right, welcome to the very first episode at the Belonging Factor podcast. So this is really exciting. This is something that has been in the works for a while, and uh, I'm very happy and proud to be able to share and connect with you and hopefully build a community of people talking about and solving some really important things out there, which is A, how do we find the belonging we're looking for? How do we find where we fit? And how do we create that sense of belonging in others, particularly if we are in a job where others follow us, others are part of our organization, part of the team that we're uh, looking to accomplish some great results? Well, uh, creating a sense of belonging, a workforce where people truly want to go and give everything they have every day, that's really important. So... I think what we'll talk about here for this first episode is why belonging is ultimately what matters most, right? Let's just get this on the table. So let me introduce myself. I'm Devin Halliday. I am the Chief Belonging Architect and Founder at Rudiment Solutions. I'm also the host of the Belonging Factor podcast, and we will explore all things belonging at Rudiment Solutions. Gosh, this is a, a detailed, in-depth thing that we can explore with businesses, with individuals, with groups, with teams to really understand what it means to take uh, that sense of belonging very seriously and craft and create it within your organization or to define who you are, what your value set is and how you can uh, create for yourself that list of things that are the most important to you so you can end up where you belong, with who you belong, doing what you belong doing, and find the power that's yours to take. So let's talk about why belonging, in my view, is ultimately what matters most. So right now we live in an age of deficit. It's a a deficit in belonging. And there's definitely no secret that a desire to belong to something or to be part of a movement or to be part of a group of people or system of beliefs is something that really drives us, right? That that deep need to belong is something that's been with people forever, right? It ha- hasn't changed much since the, the dawn of time. But what has changed at such a warp speed pace is how we connect with others, right? Like, think about this. So we used to exclusively connect with other people through the conversations face-to-face we had, how we communicated in our body language, in our words, in our actions. This was when a handshake was good enough for a deal, was when if you look somebody square in the eye, you knew whether or not you could trust them. This was when a handwritten letter was the only other way of following up with somebody when you weren't with them. Uh, And we've evolved through technology into this area where we connect with people so frequently at such a rapid pace and in so many different ways 
that it gets confusing out there. There's such an overload of places to be, people to try and connect with and things to try and do that it becomes so challenging sometimes. And so that's why I say we're at this deficit with belonging. Um, so let's, let's explore this idea, right? So if you're thinking that, hey, it's not necessarily uh, such a good thing that uh, we've evolved at such a rapid pace in how we connect with others, I don't think you'd be, um, I don't think you'd be wrong. Uh, we've, as a result, I think, developed shorter attention spans, right? Our, our lives are spent more in front of screens, scanning, swiping, and clicking than our lives are spent directly, truly connecting with other people. We might interact, but not connect. And our attention divides so fast that um, we don't feel connected in any given experience, right? Uh, there's a study that's out there actually that that it shows the increase in the feelings of anxiety and loneliness and disengagement, particularly amongst younger generations, is at record levels. And I think this is something that systemically comes from this idea that as humans, we are designed to belong. We are designed to have a tribe. We are designed to have a place that we feel comfortable, people that we can be open and honest and forthright with that we're connected to. But because of the way that we are, and I'm going to air quote this one here, that we're connecting, <clears throat> we have this unfortunate change in what's happening. So technology is definitely a, a contributing factor to what I would say is a digital age isolation, it's definitely not the sole cause of it, right? A host of other factors are definitely out there and they've influenced the belonging deficit that we experience today. Um, one big one is decreased levels of trust with large institutions that once upon a time they used to foster community, right? Think about um, those, those big organizations, big institutions out there that uh, used to foster that sense of community. I mean, everything from brands, like for example, Harley Davidson, right? That's a, a big brand that, that if you were a Harley person, you were part of the Harley community. Doesn't matter if you were a weekend warrior or you pounded that pavement uh, with your bike every single day. Um, another thing that has definitely kind of become a factor in influencing this belonging deficit, I would say is continuing uh, economic inequality, in fact, maybe even growing economic inequality, right? Think about that. We have this um, this big difference uh, between the economic status within our country and within our communities. And that creates the sense of people who may want to aspire to uh, work towards achieving different goals, not be allowed to do it because of the economic status that they're currently at, not having the same opportunities because of that status, right? So that's been, that's one that's been around for a while. And, uh, and I would say that really most recently, and we've seen this in particular quite a bit, and I, I don't want to dive too deep into this now, but I think it's important to recognize, important to address and talk about because it's real. And that is the rapid political polarization and um, it doesn't matter where you sit on the spectrum and where you sit in your ideas, your beliefs, your view politically. Uh, the, the polarization that I'm talking about is that part that is really divisive. It's that part that really starts to put people into a corner 
And when they feel backed into a corner, they get even more aggressive the other way. And then we start picking sides without even listening to each other. And that's the part, right? We remove connection. And because we see or hear something, which is just data, it's just input. It's not a connection. It's just an interaction. We then judge that to be something so important, so egregious, so un aligned with our values that we no longer connect to anything other than what is just specifically in that narrow view. And where that shows up in this rapid political polarization is clearly something that gets in the way of all of us feeling like we have this place where we belong. So <clears throat> I think this is all to say that there's definitely a problem, right? A belonging deficit exists. It exists in workforce. It exists in life. But I think what that really means for us is the door has been opened for someone or an organization or groups of people to fill this gap. So let's talk about this for a second um, as it relates to um, brands, right? As it relates to those big companies, right? Because that was one of the things that I think institutional organizations had some sense in building some belonging for us. And when we talk about in the workforce in particular, where people spend so much of their lives and it influences so much of what happens when you leave those doors and you get home and you spend time with your family. If you've had a great day at work, if you've spent your time in a place where you feel like things are fantastic and you belong there, you bring home good energy. You might be tired from working hard, but you bring home to your family a great sense of accomplishment and you bring home to your family uh, a person who they want to be around but and you guys know this all too well if you spend your day at a place where you don't feel like you belong you don't feel valued you don't feel a part of what is happening there in a positive and uplifting way you bring that home too and you bring it home in the form of gosh unhappy unfulfilling and um, unrewarding actions and behaviors and candidly your family may not want to spend a whole lot of time around you if that's the case right uh and you you might feel like you're tired and overworked and need to just decompress rather than feeling excited and jubilant to be home and spending time with people who care about you and that you care about so let's talk about this in that in that institutional sense let's talk about brand belonging um the the folks over at ibm ix they did an exhaustive and comprehensive analysis of brand belonging. And they found that, um, let's see, they looked at, I think it was, it's, it's 172 brands across six strategic categories. And, uh, and they measured everything from brand belonging, paying particular attention to really two distinctive drivers. And that was the individual experiences and the collective or the community experiences. Um, and ultimately those two drivers have the most impact, the most significant impact on a sense of belonging that a person feels. So this is in connection with a brand. And why I say this is important is because what a company does to build that sense of connection with a brand resonates both internally with their employees and externally with their customers. So it's this idea, it's this value set, it's this belief in who they are that we can all learn from because there's a real specific clarity you have to achieve to define that well who you are, what matters to you, what's important to you, and how you're going to proceed with building the sense of belonging. Being an organization, being a, a, 
uh, a set of principles lived out loud that people will choose to be around because it is a choice. Um, so back to the study by IBM, right? So the study, it, it revealed six belonging experience drivers, but I think there's really four factors that are best for us to talk about. Um, authenticity is number one. Identity is number two. Connection is number three. And engagement is number four. So <clears throat> like I said, we're going to talk about this for now in the context of a brand. But listen to those, that list of four things, right? That list of four things can apply to your life no matter where you are, who you are. It's having a clear definition of authentically who you are, authentically what your identity is, authentically how you connect, and then past connecting how you stay engaged with people, right? This is, this is um, some, some very fundamental sounding things, but man, can you imagine if we have the definitions in our life of those four areas and every single day, everything we do aligns with those four key drivers in every decision we make with our family, with our coworkers, with ourselves, for our business, man, aspirationally, this sounds like something we can accomplish. And that's what the belonging factor is here to talk about with you, right? That's what I'm here to share and talk about. Um, so what is this, like, it, this is great, a study was done, but like, what's the impact, right? That's, that's, at the end of the day, that's what we have to talk about, right? What is the impact? For me, if I'm gonna spend time doing this, what's the impact gonna be for me? For my company, if I'm gonna spend time doing this, what's the impact? Well, what they found at this IBM study was that brands who tapped into these emotions they showed up as top performers along every measurable category of the list. Over a six-year period, the top-performing brands grew their revenues at three times the rate of the low-performing brands. I'm going to say that again because that's a massive deal. The top-performing brands in belonging grew their revenues three times faster than the lower-performing brands. That's huge. No matter if you're a skeptic at this point or a believer at this point, I think one thing is incredibly clear and belonging matters. It matters a lot, right? So how do we make people feel like they belong? I mean, that's a, it's kind of a loaded question, right? You can't make, you can't create this feeling and have it be sustainable. You have to do something authentic that aligns with your identity, that truly connects and fully engages if you're going to create that sense of belonging, right? So I think the, the, the big news headline here, not to bury the lead, but it's clear that a huge payoff awaits any brand that can make their way to the top of a brand belonging list, right? And any leader can make their way to the top of an organization if they follow these same principles. And likewise, any person looking to find that fulfillment and that alignment in their lives can do this, right? So... I, I mentioned briefly some political stuff earlier, and I'll mention briefly some religious stuff, because if you really truly think about where many religions in the world sit, um, and those who within those religions and who practice and 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 um, and find themselves really truly feeling complete and fulfilled in their lives often attest this idea that they found where they belong, that they've, they've come to this calling, this place that exists for them to be there with a community that they are connected to, that aligns with their values authentically 
and represents the identity of who they are or who they were made to be, right? So what we're talking about is truly very similar to what um, exists in those, those worlds out there where people truly feel and know that they're in the right place and doing the right things and finding success and happiness in it. All right, so <clears throat> let's, um, let's, let's look at these four things maybe in a little bit more detail today. And, uh, and for this first episode, that's where we'll spend a little bit of our time. So we'll talk about authenticity, we'll talk about identity and connection and engagement for just a few minutes in each one. And uh, I'm really interested to read your comments and to hear your feedback. Um, to see you subscribe and continue on this journey with us as we continue to talk through more about belonging and uh, where we sit, fit, and want to be in the world. All right, so let's talk about being authentic in both purpose and intent. Um, authenticity has definitely always been a foundation of any strong leader, strong brand, strong organization. And uh, authentic intent and vision and leadership and purpose can be clearly identified in the best companies out there, right? It, and definitely, it's glaringly absent in some of the least successful companies. Um, I think what's ultimately clear is that now more than ever, it's not enough for a brand or a person to just have this aspirational purpose, but the purpose has to be authentic. It has to be something that can be put into action. And it has to be something at an organization that everyone from the senior leadership to the front line and everything from your product design to your marketing to your human resources to your facilities management should reflect this very clear, authentic uh, purpose that you have, right? And um, I think the risk here, if we see an organization or if we see a lifestyle that doesn't truly align authentically, is you have this huge risk of failure, right? And the risk of failure is just too great if any one of those factors is in some way disingenuous, in some way fake or fraudulent. So it takes effort to, to build this, right? To create and maintain a truly authentic intent. And um, in putting that effort in, though, it, it really allows for just simple and effective decision-making. Like I mentioned earlier, you have this idea of living your life in these four categories just so simply and knowing that everything you do fulfills your value alignment within those categories how easy is it to find belonging wherever you are and to create an environment that others want to be a part of um, the decisions that that ultimately are made in creating and building this this uh, authentic intent is something that allows for great decisions to be made when great challenges are faced. Um, whether you are a, um, a person who is experiencing rapid change or you're a person who is coming to critical decision points, there is going to be this true, authentic purpose that manifests in a tangible way. And that is step one in making sure that you show up where you belong and that wherever you are, you can create belonging for those around you. Right, um, I think the abstract concepts of aspirational ideas then get truly replaced with deep connections. And um, 
their connections to like an activated and an authentic and a meaningful purpose. So think about this for consumers of a brand. <clears throat> it, um, for a consumer of a brand, it means that they'll start to feel like they're part of the why you do what you do in your business, right? They're not part of the what you do. They're not part of the product that you sold or the service you connected to them, but they're part of the why. They feel part of this this real true connection, right? There's a, there's a company that is out there that you guys might have heard of, um, PBS, right? The public broadcasting system. And they were a top performer in the IBM study. And what's really cool about PBS is they authentic uh, they they execute their authentic purpose so well, right? So their authentic purpose is entertaining and expressing a diversity of perspectives that help people achieve their potential, their strength, the social, democratic, and cultural health of the U.S. So they turn that into action at every single touch point that they have. And it governs everything from where they choose to give back to the subject matter that they feature when broadcasting. And as a public funded brand, there's no clearer example of the financial significance of a sense of belonging. If there is no value, the public doesn't fund you and you don't exist. So whether you're a for-profit brand or you're a publicly funded um, and publicly served organization, or you're an individual looking to have a bigger impact, the truth here is authenticity has to be the foundation. So then we get into identity, right? And we get into this concept of um, whose identity is it that really matters? And that's an interesting question, right? Whose identity matters? So where authenticity is truly all about like you or the brand, um, identity is, is really, I think, the opposite. So let me, let me tell you what I mean about this, right? Um, why you're customers would choose to do business with you is a reflection of who they see themselves as. Just like why a person would choose to be friends with you is more a reflection of who they see themselves as. Uh, why a associate in a business environment would choose to partner with you or work with you on a project is more a reflection of who they see themselves as. Not what they see the brand as or what they see you as or a product as that's an interesting concept right but it plays back to something that is uh, a core and true understanding of the human flaw and the human amazingness and that is this factor we are all so wrapped up in our lives in our stuff in our things and we judge everything against our interests our values that we don't often really take that time, and this is maybe back to, to the connection piece, but we don't take that time to fully, truly vet it against what is the value I bring to this person or what, what can we accomplish together. Oftentimes it's, it's just this idea of, hey, how do I see that person as it relates to me? Does it help me? Does it make me better, etc. And this is the idea that we have to continue to build out of and into an environment of creating belonging. So knowing this, knowing that identity is very much about what a person chooses to see in themselves is an important place as we think about building belonging in a brand um, to, to base our, our next set of this conversation on. So things like 
personality and style and character um, and even the identity of your customers is something that would be important to reflect consistently throughout a brand. Choosing to look and see who people believe themselves to be and then help them achieve those things. Align uh, conversation, communication, follow-up, messaging, marketing, advertising, merchandising. Align these things to who people see themselves as. So I want to be clear here because this is a part where, gosh, uh, we, we could depart really quickly from authenticity, right? Don't be who you're not. Don't try to bend yourself to other people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is understand that as you are a person trying to build or an organization trying to build deeper connection and understand the impact of identity into that it's the person you're communicating with it's the culture you're trying to build that's the identity that is important to look at to understand and to bring into the fold so there's um there's a brand in the music industry and they have staked their future on this very idea of identity matters and that company is called SJC Drums. SJC Drums is a custom drum manufacturer based in Massachusetts. They are a five-time winner of the best drum company as selected by drummers worldwide. And let me tell you, the, the decision to stake their future on identity is something that has paid off massive for them. Right, The company, um, they, they pride themselves on doing anything that a customer can dream up and bring it to life. They've created drums that look like a World War II army tank. Um, they've created drums that match a customer's custom Gucci boots. They've made um, a drum set that looks like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. I mean, some really crazy stuff. If people can dream it, they can build it, right? That's part of what they see their identity as, is that if a person has a dream, they will go and they will figure out how to bring that dream to life. And so they deliver products that are an extension of their customer's identity. So everyone wants to belong where they feel uniquely represented and appreciated. That's ultimately the message here. And SJC delivers that. If a person wants to feel uniquely represented and appreciated, they want to belong into that culture. And SJC takes it a step further, and they call every one of their customers family. They don't call them a customer. And so when they send you an email, they send you an email saying, welcome to the family. And when they send you a shipment notification, it's, hey, SJC family, what's up? Here is your shipment. It's on its way. And that shipment shows up with a birth certificate, not a certificate of authenticity, but a birth certificate. And it's birthed to that customer right? And it has their name on it. So this is all that extension of that individual unique identity. And that's one great example of many that exist out there. All right. So then connecting, right? The third piece that we have to really think about here is connecting. And connection is ultimately about creating shared experiences that enrich lives. Like let's be true about our definition, right? Building community, strengthening bonds with others. These are all part of it. Um, building community around a brand, it's not a project that can be launched into the marketplace. It's just not. It, it fails every time, falls flat on its face. What it is really is a, a continuing effort to enrich the lives of 
your customers and um, enrich the lives of those you touch through your authentic purpose and while reflecting their identity. Um, the shared experiences, I think, are the, the big piece here, right? That's the part where um, the brand has to create and, and live these shared experiences online and offline. So much emphasis gets put on digital connections, right? Facebook communities, great forum, but it really doesn't always achieve that same level that a brand needs, that, that enrichment to build belonging. So this is where that need for offline connection comes in, right? So if you're a bicycle shop and you organize a ride within your community to give, uh, to do some givebacks, um, and then you know you tie those in, that's one method. Um, in the case of SJC, I mentioned to you that they call their customers family, right? And that's a, another big piece here because it helps do things like create and show off the the drums in real life. They they do these family reunion gatherings where they have their family members come and play music and engage in the community. Those are those deep, meaningful connections that people form to a brand. It creates a memorable experience, and it's a shared experience, right? But it's not just about the customers, right? It, it's also about in our work, we see this kind of concept play out, right? Employers are building brands, and businesses invest in employer brands because they hope to create that deeper sense of community that employees can now have within an organization. In fact, they crave it and are starting to expect it. And I think rightfully so, we should expect it. So like, it doesn't matter if you create this cutting edge wellness center or just a space where people can better come together around their shared experiences and passions. It's your job as an employer to make community building and connecting a top priority. And the, the employers that are doing it are truly seeing endless benefits beyond just loyalty, beyond employee happiness and productivity, but a true sense of fulfillment, right? So how, once we've connected, how once we've, we've, we've done these steps, how once we've decided what our authentic purpose is and what the identity is that we have to be connected to and, and how we truly connect, once we've done those things, we have to make sure that we're engaging. And success is definitely not measured in transactions, right? So engagement indexes, while they can be somewhat enlightening, we just simply can't measure success here in transactions because behind every click and every like and every comment and every sale is a person, right? So the connections that your brand creates and the communities that are built both online and offline, they're only as meaningful as your customers believe them to be. So engaging activities are the only way to truly solidify the deep sense of belonging that is necessary to fulfill your brand promise. And if we take that a step down and, and look at you as an individual, as a leader trying to build engagement with, within your team, your, your work group, it's the same principle. Engaging activities are the only way to solidify that deep sense of belonging necessary to fulfill your individual promise. So be responsive to questions in your community. Be open to feedback and supportive to people who are sharing their experiences. Be a promoter of your customers, your employees, your team, your family, your friends, and they will be a promoter of you and your brand and your leadership 10 times over. And be eternally curious about the identity of your current and your potential customers. Be eternally curious about the identity of your current and potential employees and team members. 
So listen, when I speak to clients about how they want to make people feel, some feeling of connection, trust, or community almost always comes into play. Uh, companies like Airbnb made belonging central to what their purpose is, right? What their brand is all about. And some brands are shifting their focus to building belonging through user-generated content. I think other businesses are even tapping into personalization and investigating new ways to humanize the technology that's out there so it better belongs in people's lives. And I think another thing brands are doing is looking to create spaces and experience and products and services that foster feelings of belonging because that's what makes them more meaningful to people. And it gives a sense of fulfillment, purpose, and ultimately belonging back to them. So as, as I work with my clients to build this sense and this deep connection, I'm constantly learning how important it is for us to look for those moments in our lives, in our business, and in our communities where we can help build and better fulfill a sense of belonging. Hey, so if you like this podcast and you like what we're doing here and you want to hear more, keep checking back. Every Wednesday, I'll have interviews with some great thought leaders, great leaders, and just tremendously successful people. And I'll be sharing my insights observations, and answering your questions. Go ahead and subscribe, leave your comments, love to read them and address them, and share some show ideas, anything you'd like to learn more about. Thanks a lot for checking out The Belonging Factor. Maybe you've lost time and money or you're losing the wrong people. Or you just have a conflicted culture that's searching for the truth. Or it could be something like productivity loss and people are just stressed. Either way, perhaps we should talk. I'd love to work with you and share with you through my keynotes, highly engaging workshops, coaching and consulting services, how we can bring the power of belonging factor and the tools we've developed to your organization and meet these challenges with real solutions that involve people, refine process, and help you deliver better profits. So visit belongingfactor.com or rudimentsolutions.com today. Thank you for listening to The Belonging Factor, and I look forward to working with you and your teams.